for me, if Van Gogh was alive and I bought a painting for him and it would contribute to him chasing his roommate down the street with a knife, I would be like, maybe I won't buy it, but he's dead, so I'll buy what I want. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd almost feel bad being like, um, well, I suppose at that point in time, when the reason he chased his hand house yeah. because he wasn't selling any his paintings, so maybe buying a painting would have helped yeah, out maybe. a lot. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should have bought a painting earlier, travel back in time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Spend 505 francs on a Van Gogh piece. But I feel like that's also a comment on the obsession. Like the, yeah, if he wasn't level. so tunnel visioned into what he was practicing, because well, it was his brother, I think, I was like, hey, check out these guys. That's what's popular right now. I know you're good at art. Can you just imitate this? Yeah, I think also like that kind of self, self-regulating, like I'm not – reaching these metrics so i'm gonna make up what the right way to make art is and then it didn't work yeah because that's not what the consumers want yeah and that's not so much oh you sold that and i'm jealous but i've just dedicated you're telling me that i've just dedicated the last five years of my life to the hell and misery of doing art right and you sold something before me (laughs) yeah like are you fucking kidding like i mean i've seen people sell art that i didn't like and I was like, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it doesn't have value, whatever. But it still made me mad. I was like, man, I could have put in an extra $100 on my price tag and put it up for sale. But Yeah, no, it's ex- oh. yeah, there's exactly that sort of dynamic where especially, um, and I believe it's like, um, it's a it's a natural sort of human instinct almost. Yeah. Because there is always that element of luck in everything you do. You could be the hardest worker or the smartest worker, but you could just have some bad luck and bad timing. And yeah. that's what determines whether or not your work gets prolific or not. And it's like, yeah. And I think what I've learned from Van Gogh as an adult artist, not a little baby artist who's looking at the sensationalized story, is maybe if you start doing good work, keep doing good work and try to stick around and see the consequences of making nice art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, shit, it didn't work immediately. Let me change tax or just die or whatever. Like maybe just give it a little moment. Keep doing what you're doing. If you've changed everything dramatically, it takes a little bit, you know, it takes some time. And I think us buying into these mythos and like these sort of like these stories that we build around these tragic artists and like, you know, the disaster that can be their lives is, oh God, I lost train of thought there for a second. Oh yeah, it's damaging. Like though, like I for sure, I for sure drank so much at uni. And like, all I did was drinking. I was never into the drugs because I got an ADHD diagnosis and they were like, watch out for addictions. And I was like, okay, all of them, all of them, but alcohol, I'll just cut out. I'll never take a drug in my life because alcohol is fine because I'm already addicted to it. (laughs) And then when in my, um, my diagnosis, I was drinking a lot because I was like, um, I'm better and I'm 18 and I'm cool and cool people drink whatever so I never cut out alcohol but I was like well we're not going to touch this we're not going to touch that we're not going to touch this it's like fine so I, all I was doing at uni was drinking um, other people were doing other stuff 
And you can just see them being like, this is what makes me good at art. And you're like, no, you're shit. You're shit. I can't do anything because I had three glasses of red wine on a Thursday afternoon. And now I have to go stand really quietly in a review situation and try behavior myself. And I don't think that's going to get me any better grades. (laughs) You know? Definitely not. I'm like... Yeah, this is kind of like actual damage that these sort of things do. And you just like, and I mean, I, as an artist, never planned past 30 years old of my life because I was like, all the good artists die young, you know, they're like, I'm never going to make it to 30. So why should I make plans? I'll just fuck around until I'm 30 and then I'll die and then I'll get famous, right? So- I knew a few people as well. They weren't artists per se, but they were people that loved art. They they could draw, just mm. that they that wasn't, say, their over-burdening passion or obsession. Um, but they still bought into that ideology and that kind of like mythos mm. where like, oh, it's 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 like a it's it's like a tragedy of life where yeah and it but it is born from a time period um, that that was a little bit more real where you'd hit thirty and that is your middle age so you're actually more saying like you're not going to make it till forty or forty five which mm. you wouldn't if you lived that kind of lifestyle yeah even in this modern day age yeah and you just say, yeah I think that the the way that we romanticize, particularly Van Gogh's story of like, um, if something's going wrong, let me hurt myself. If something's going wrong, let me drink. And that's going to make me a better, more tragic artist. And like that might pain fuels my art. But it's so rarely the case. It's our, our joy and our peace that allow us room to create, allow us room to be thoughtful creators as well and to make better art. You need room in your head. You need room away from sadness. You need healing time, recovery. You need that to sustain it as well. Yeah, and and you just, like, when I went to uni and I was drinking and I was, everything that was bad is happening to me was okay because it was going to make me a better artist and it was going to be so good. My art was going to be so good. I just drove myself to burnout because yep. oh, I wasn't looking after my body. I wasn't looking after my brain and my art suffered. And then I couldn't make art. So I did uni and then I took like three years. I couldn't like draw, picking up a pen or a pencil and making a drawing was like surrounded in self-loathing. It was just this whole thing. Like making things was no longer helpful for me in my mental health. Making things became bad because the only thing that I was fueling myself with was bad vibes. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to heal myself before I could start making art without it making me feel like a horrible person, you know? Like the vibes were off. The vibes were off for like three years. And would you say that's also like a consequence of how we have more education around just simply the way our minds and emotions work. For sure. Like perhaps in Vincent's case, he never stopped fueling himself with that negativity. He may have taken away the things that were physically damaging like the alcohol, but there was always that element of toxicness that like you're motivating yourself with – obsession because you never you always think no matter what at the end product that what you've created is absolute trash yeah and then no one buys it which yeah. then reinforces that loop of 
you are absolute trash. We're going to keep going down this like path until we yeah. end up in hospital. Yeah. And just, you know, instead of focusing on anything else, just focus on um, making art as like a productivity and, 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 we a, let and a that lifestyle. As a society. Yeah. Because it's romantic, because it's fun, because yeah. it's a good story and it helps us sell. Yeah, it helps us sell things. It helps us sell paintings. And that's the thing with Van Gogh. He died and then people use that to sell the work. Yep. There'll never be another Starry Night because Van Gogh died. Um, he died young. That's it. There's only X number of Van Gogh paintings. It's exclusive. He never made, And those that know? style was the, simply the style that he chose to do. Like he quickly, it's almost like he had been, he'd been working towards one particular type and then he was told, hey, no, if you want to be successful, go do this. Yeah, sure. I'm pretty good at learning new things. I'll go do that. Yeah. If we had more time with that or if the art scene changed and he had. Exactly. And, you know, he could have made some new thing all himself. I mean, I'm just saying as a society who romanticizes (laughs) this, what we want was more Van Gogh. We wanted more Van Gogh and we wanted Van Gogh alive and we wanted him mentally healthy and physically healthy. That is what we want as a society. If we had to go back and do it all again, I would be standing there next to Van Gogh going, Eat a fucking apple. Use a condom. Use a condom. (laughs) Use a condom. Here's the thing from the future. Use this every time. Like, don't drink that. Go get a beer. I'm pretty (laughs) sure, this isn't to be quoted, but I'm pretty sure they did have a form of condom back in the day and I'm pretty sure it was pig or sheep intestine. Yeah, I think so, Chris. (laughs) I would have just not had sex. Be like, put this this in. No, no, not that. No. No, I can really like I like if I buy a fancy sausage, I have to completely ignore the fact that the skin is an intestine before I can eat it. I'm like, no, I know what was in there. That that had poop in there. That's what oh, that cured. is for. It's cured. Oh, I know it's, it's cured fresh. now. But, but, but no, no. And then um, I think just yeah, I think you go, hey, hey, Van Gogh, maybe don't propose to your cousin. Maybe, maybe was, his, was it his cousin? I think so. Let me oh, look. Let me look. Man. Let me look. Real. I think back in those days, it's I think he normal. proposed to a few people, a few young ladies. I think he was a bit of a romantic. And if you have that obsessive emotions, you are yeah. romantic. You do. So you go from zero to one hundred. Yeah. So because it's more of a hyper focus than it is a. Yeah. He Vincent falls in love with his cousin. He was Stricker, who he called KV, but he rejects his advances, saying, no, never, never. Because <laughs> we're cousins. Because we're cousins. But then, you know, that wasn't a good enough reason back then. <laughs> um, and then he met Xion, Xion, uh, in 1882. 1884, he moved back in with his parents, which is also the same year that she drowned herself. I'm pretty sure. Xion was the... Um, um, the sex worker with yes. the children. So her and her daughter, and she was pregnant with a boy yep. that um, they she chose the middle name after his middle name, I'm pretty sure. Wilhelm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilhelm or Wilhelm, yeah. Like how I remember the middle name... Oh, um, and then the this is the this is the neighbor's daughter, right? So he moved back to his parents' house. 
Oh, no, this is a different one. So I think the first one was the cousin maybe. And then he moved in, um, proposed to Margot, and she reciprocated, but her parents objected strongly and made her say no. And she Probably poisoned did. herself. Oh, God. And survived. Oh, good. But the relationship did not. Yes. And this is almost verbatim. Um, That's very Romeo part. and Juliet, though. Oh, very Romeo. Very Romeo. I think we, we're going back into romanticizing bad things as a society. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the whole point of Romeo and Juliet, was like, just stop being fools to love and think it through for a second. Like, you know, don't immediately end everything, you know? Maybe take half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, ask someone a few moment. questions and then make a choice. Check you know? the pulse. Yeah, Always check, check the pulse. Check the pulse. Um, talk to the local priest who <laughs> poisoned your girlfriend or whatever it was. Um, I mean, just the, the whole situation. And I think we didn't. We never learned from Romeo and Juliet because everyone was like, wow, star-crossed lovers. And I'm like, well, no, the, the, no. No, it's not. No, it's not good. They both died. It's not. Yeah, I promise. No. That's the point. It was. We bad. should not be romanticizing these self-destructive. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a tragedy. Yeah, it means it's bad, and we don't want it. These stories Every fifteen-year-old girl. Yeah, every fifteen-year-old girl who is sitting in front of the um, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, remember, this is not what you want. This is the opposite of what you want if your boyfriend's parents want you dead probably find another boyfriend there are people in the world like they really are <laughs> there are plenty of fish in the sea some I, without homicidal parents yeah exactly i i definitely have broken up with people because of their well our person because of their family and i was like i just don't have the energy to deal with that and they didn't even want to kill me <laughs> imagine that <laughs> you know? so we got you know make healthy choices learn from this don't romanticize it well anyway, just as a little refresher um the works of uh the guy who shakespeare it was yeah. 1500s yeah so, so they, the, those stories were in the in these people's minds yeah yeah. Like more prolific probably than ours because they would have been there would have been less stories for yeah. us to go towards. Yeah, and it would have been more recent and um, probably still doing the theatre rounds and stuff. I don't know. Theatre was probably more prominent because there were no movies. There wasn't there was it was the dawn of the printing press around yeah. then, all starting that kind of like yeah. we were able to um, take something to work and then make multiple copies of it without it being handwritten every single time. Yeah. Um, all right. And I think, yeah, I think that's all to talk about for our uh, little podcasting. Should we do? Um, so we would love very much to hear um, from the audience. And if you have any specific Van Gogh questions, um, yeah, we'd love to have it. Can you make a comment? Make a No. So make a review. And be nice, yeah, be nice, because we're new, we're babies, we're podcast babies. Um, make a review and we, we might read it out, maybe. And if you have any questions, Kobe will make an email. You can send us questions and we'll try and answer them. Um, so, yeah. If we I get think, too many questions, we'll make a whole other 
We'll make it answering questions podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Whole Q&A. I was about to say video. <laughs> a whole video. I don't want anyone yeah, to. Yeah, where's the camera? Man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we went to that other studio and it has a green screen. So oh, damn. We could, we could, we could green screen it. You tell me we could be sitting in like um, Coruscant or something having this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could be sitting in the... Um, in, oh, in the field in Starry Night. <laughs> yeah, start, having the actual art pieces would yeah, actually be really sick. That would be cool. Um, so, I have been Bella and this has been me and this has been Tom. Yeah, you can say it if you want. <laughs> I forgot. Um, this has been Disartist, Disartists, a podcast about disaster artists. Thanks for listening. I wish you, you all a beautiful day. Yeah. <laughs>